Hello there and welcome along to Planet Sport Football Africa, a passion for sport production where we look at African football, what's happening around the continent and what African players are doing overseas. I'm Steve Vickers in Harare, Zimbabwe, joined by Solomon Ashams in Johannesburg, South Africa and by Stuart Weir in the UK. And on this week's show, we speak to Wayne Sandylands, goalkeeper for South Africa and for South African club Orlando Pirates. He's seen it all in African football and has made his fair share of mistakes as a goalkeeper. He tells us how his faith has helped him along the way. And um, in my younger, when I first became a pro, uh, my identity was very much in football. You know, I found my worth, my value in my performance. And when things would go difficult, man, it would be, um, you know, I would change as a person. I'd become miserable. I'd become depressed. I would start hating. Also lots on a thrilling week in the UEFA Champions League and analysis on the English Premier League title race. That's all coming up, but first we're getting ever closer to the final round of qualifiers for this year's Africa Cup of Nations, with 10 places still up for grabs and many teams having named their squads for the crucial games, which are on next week from Friday up to Sunday. Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang is back for Gabon. They must win against Burundi to go through, otherwise Burundi qualify along with Mali from Group A. There's tension here in Zimbabwe as the Warriors need a draw or a win at home to Congo-Brazzaville to qualify for a fourth Nations Cup finals. More on those games on next week's show. Also, the group stage of the CAF Champions League ends this weekend with Mamelodi Sundowns of South Africa having already qualified for the quarterfinals and with the 2017 champions Widat Casablanca needing a home win against Sundowns to be sure of qualifying from Group A. In Group B, the holders Esperance are already through and Horoya of Guinea will join them unless Orlando Pirates can win away to Horoya. In Group C, Constantine of Algeria, TP Mazembe of DR Congo and Club African of Tunisia are all in with a chance of progressing. And in Group D, all four teams are still in it. JS Suara of Algeria, Al-Akhli of Egypt, AS Vita Klub of DR Congo and Simba of Tanzania. They are bottom of the group, but they can still qualify. So it's going to be an exciting weekend in the African Champions League. Well, now to our interview with Wayne Sandylands, goalkeeper for South Africa and for South African giants Orlando Pirates. Sandylands has huge experience in his own country and has travelled across Africa playing in the CAF Champions League, winning the trophy with Mamelodi Sundowns in 2016. He's 35 years old and has played nine times for the South Africa national team. And Sandylands has chosen to stay in South Africa at club level. And after eight years with Sundowns, he moved to Orlando Pirates one of South Africa's most famous teams and he's been in goal for this current Champions League campaign which, as I say, might end this weekend as Pirates have to win away to Horoya in Guinea otherwise they will be eliminated at the group stage. Pirates were the 1995 African champions. Well, Sandy Lance has made his fair share of blunders as a goalkeeper and he says that his faith as a follower of Jesus has helped him along the way. He spoke to Planet Sport Football Africa's Liam Flint, who first asked what's the highlight of his career. I think I think it's a Champions League. It would have to definitely stand out. I, I think, you know, because not many footballers on this continent um, or in South Africa, you know, can say that they've been able to to get that that uh, star. You know, I think it's I think Sundowns when I when we won it as a club, 
Uh, we were the only, we were the second team in the history of South African football to do so. So it's not something that's easily uh, won here in, from a South African point of view. You know, obviously, I think we're taking it more serious as a country. I think up until sundowns, really, I mean, there were a few teams that came close uh, prior to that, but uh, I think as a nation, as a football league, we never really took it as seriously. Um, as the rest of the continent, I'm not quite sure why. I think, um, you know, like when we when we as, uh, as Sundowns were were you know campaigning that year to win it. I mean, we we started to understand just how big this trophy is. I mean, it's obviously the continental um, championship, but I don't know for some reason why in South Africa it wasn't really. I mean, you don't grow up as a child uh, dreaming about winning the Champions League, whereas on other parts of the continent, I mean. It's, that's exactly what kids aspire to do. I, re, I still remember when we were in Egypt, um, we played the second leg of the final where we actually won the trophy. We stayed at a hotel where there were people even getting married. And on their marriage day, uh, the bride and the groom were coming into where we were eating so that they could stand and take photos with the trophy. <laughs> so, I mean, like they just said, yeah, it's like it's hectic. It's like people like um, on... Like I say, on the other parts of the continent, they absolutely, you know, they live for this uh, Champions League. So I think that definitely stands out because it's not easy. The African continent's not an easy place to play football. I mean, a lot of countries, uh, the pitches aren't good. Uh, the weather conditions also are, you know, quite extreme uh, compared to here back home in South Africa, quite hot and humid. And it's, it's got a, you know, sometimes some places are very difficult to travel to. You know, there's sometimes there's no direct flights to, Sometimes there's only two flights that fly into a particular country. So once you play, you you have to hang around or you have to arrive really early. And, you know, the sta- the, the quality of the hotels and the food isn't that great. So it's yeah. really uh, it's really a one trophy to cover, you know, once, you, once you've had it. You know, it's, it's quite a prize to, to actually say that you've won it, you know. And just staying on Bafana Bafana, they found qualifying for AFCON quite tricky. Um, I'm sure you're keeping up with that yourself. How do you see it? Is it just a, a lack of consistency? Is it a tough group? Nail it down as to what you think the issues are at the minute. You know, I think I think the, the national team. It's uh, you know the, the the players and the coach. It's really it's not from a lack of trying or a lack of desire. You know, to be honest, uh, it's just not an easy game. And uh, you know, in football, there's the the, the, the gap between. Um, Footballing nations are growing so so small and small. But having said that, I think as South Africans, we do need to aspire to to do better. I just don't know why it's not really happening for for us as a nation. You know, it's sort of like we were we reached quite quite good heights around the 1996 era. You know, winning the Afcon and then we would qualify for finals after that, and it's just been a kind of a, a steady decline from there. Maybe to the mental side could be just having a stronger mentality a stronger belief in oneself and, and confidence and and maybe that could be the area where you know it could just uh, uh, up a gear and enable us to to qualify and be more consistent as you say you know if you just look at your social media you often quote things like bible verses you post encouragement your faith in jesus seems to hold an important yeah. position in your life would that be fair to say yeah no, definitely. Um, it definitely does. You know, uh, there's a there's a song that's um, so relevant to me right now. I can't actually uh, get enough of it. It just it says, "What would I be without without Jesus?" You know, and uh, and I look back and think about my career, and I mean, there's there's a lot of highs and there's um, obviously been a, a lot of lows as well. 
and uh, you know you're only as good as your last game professional sport really and um, so it's kind of a roller coaster and I, and I found that if uh, if it wasn't for for the Lord for, for Jesus being in my life you know I think I would I don't know where I would be I, I probably um, you know would be a mess in, you know in a way you know and these last two years in particular have been really hard for me um, there's been quite a I've made a couple of uh, high profile errors in matches and for, for big club as, uh, that I'm playing for now. And, you know, it's been really difficult. I mean, I've come under quite a lot of criticism for that. And, you know, it's, I've, it's, it's been really tough. But if it wasn't for Jesus, I don't know where I would be in that, you know. Um, he's allowed me to put things in perspective. Um, you know, when you have Jesus in your life, you have the Holy Spirit within you that gives you strength, that gives you the power to endure, that gives you the, the wisdom um, so if it wasn't for, for the Holy Spirit um, that, that I've got in me uh, through my relationship with Jesus, I don't think I would have had the strength to, to be able to take on each day, you know. And um, you hear so many stories of depression. You hear so many stories of guys turning to alcohol or turning to drugs, even suicides. And, I mean, it's, it's real. It's, the struggle is real. And I'm just so grateful through the grace of, of God, through His strength and through His help, you know, I'm able to take one day at a time and, and just uh, put things in perspective and, and have hope. Jesus um, brings hope and, and a stability and a strength to my life. And, and knowing that everything happens, there's a reason and, and God will use it for, for, for my good and for the glory of His name. And so does being a Christian for you, Wayne, change your motives as a player or are you just like every other pro in the PSL around the circuit you play to win play hard football's everything no um you see like that's because if football was everything to me which it's so easy it can be I won't lie to you that is there is a struggle I mean when you when you give your heart and soul in terms of the effort and your time and all of that into something um, you know, uh, it's, it's difficult when you go through difficult times, your world can come crumbling down, you know. Um, so, but that's why, like, Jesus allows me, like, uh, my motive would obviously to play for his glory and to pray. There, there, there was a verse that changed my life in that respect because when growing as a Christian, obviously it's a, it's a process. You mature and you grow over time. And um, in my younger, when I first became a pro, uh, my identity was very much in football. You know, I found my worth, my value in my performance. And when things would go difficult, man, it would be, um, you know, I would change as a person. I'd become miserable. I'd become depressed. I would start hating the coach. I would start hating my competitors, my other guys that are competing with me in my position. And it was just, you know, like I say, like a roller coaster. And, um, you know, in Isaiah 43, verse 7, where God says that, um, that we are created for His glory. And I started to realize that my life, my talent is for Him. It's not for myself. It's not for me to bring glory to myself. It's not God's in my life to elevate me. But rather, um, God has given me my gift and He's given me my life so that I can bring glory to His name and just to, to walk a road with Him and to, to have a relationship with Him. So, so no, very much uh, having the Lord in my life it gives me perspective because my motive is to, to live for Him. So that's why I say in the difficult times, there's, uh, there's a purpose. You, you start to understand why well, God is using this somehow to shape me, uh, to help others, or, and to bring Him glory in a way. 
And sometimes you might not understand it or see it now, but ultimately it will bring him glory and there's a reason and a purpose for it. So when I play football, I play for his glory. So that's Wayne Sandiland, nine appearances as goalkeeper for the South Africa national team. He won the Champions League with Mamelodi Sundowns in 2016 and currently with another South African giant in Orlando Pirates. And he was speaking to Planet Sport Football Africa's Liam Flint. Well, Solomon Ashams joins us from South Africa. Uh, South Africa need to win away to Libya to be sure of making it to this year's Nations Cup finals. Uh, that an indication of the decline that South Africa have gone through. They won the Africa Cup of Nations in 1996 as hosts. They went to the World Cup in 1998 and in 2002, giving a pretty good account of themselves. But there was a big decline after that, and they still have a long way to go to get back to where they were. So, Solomon, what do you think caused that decline and what needs to be done? Well, indeed, Steve, there has been a huge decline since South Africa uh, was victorious in the 1996 edition of AFCON when they hosted and won it. And um, the next edition, remember, was hosted in Burkina Faso in 1998 uh, and South Africa got all the way to the final and they played that final against Egypt and losing that final. But there we saw the emergence of uh, players like uh, Bernie McCarty. And uh, you have to remember, like, players like Bernie McCarty came through the under-21, under-23. He played in the Olympic Games in uh, Australia, in Sydney, that is, in uh, 2000. And uh, so th there was uh, some sort of a, a mixture of players who have gone through the age group, uh, different age group competitions and camps and academy and mixed with other experienced players and like uh, Mark Fish and uh, Lucas Radebay, Phil Massinga. Uh, you know, we saw a great amalgamation of, uh, of such players. But uh, since then, South Africa afterwards performed well in the 1998 World Cup and also in the 2002 World Cup. But afterwards, when it comes to developing younger players, the under-17, the under-21, the under-23, there was a lot of uh, inactivity. And that in itself showed that, you know, a lot there's a lot of problem with development. And also there was uh, quite a lot of uh, inconsistency with coaching where there has been a bit of a... Uh, you know, tension between, uh, you know, the coaching technical team and also the administration. And we also saw how they, they struggled to qualify uh, for a couple of uh, African Cup of Nations, you know, in the last uh, six years. And uh, the fans are not happy. The fans always felt that the only way South Africa could qualify for a major football tournament is for South Africa to host it and get automatic qualification. That was how low the fans, uh, uh, you know, got, you know, in supporting uh, the, the, their team. Yeah, so still a long way to go for South African football to get back to where it was. And uh, Sandy Land speaks highly of the importance of the CAF Champions League, but uh, as he says there, a few years ago, for some reason, South African clubs were not interested in the Champions League, were they? Yeah, a few years ago, top clubs like Kaiser Chiefs, um, Orlando Pirates in itself, they, they showed a, a lack of interest in competing around the continent. In traveling across the continent of Africa, for them, they felt it was uh, a waste of money where you get to spend so much money traveling. But it's good to see the changes that have come through, the changes that have happened in the African Champions League. And now we've seen a whole lot of interest since Mamelodi Sundowns won uh, the Cup a few years ago. 
And I think the same the, the same mentality has now, you know, gone into clubs like Super Sports, United, Vitz, uh, and also Kaiser Chiefs and, and, and Orlando Pirates. Right. And uh, Solomon, how do you feel now about the profile of the CAF Champions League? Obviously, it's nowhere near as big as the UEFA Champions League, but now there are 16 teams in the group stage. Many of the matches are televised across Africa. Is the progress in making the competition more popular with football fans? Uh, there's been progress in in making the competition more popular with uh, football fans. Though football fans, uh, you know, the European Champions League is always going to be their first port of call. You know, they love the they love the UEFA Champions League. Uh, but now we've seen, like you said, the expanded 16 teams in the group stage and many more matches. So we're beginning to get many more clubs getting opportunities to play in. I mean, the African Champions League is 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 becoming very popular in South Africa. is very popular in the in the Congo DRC. Uh, it's popular within the you know the North African clubs and and also you know West African clubs, uh, particularly around Cameroon and Nigeria, is always popular. But we need to be able to make sure you know we see increased prize money. Uh, we, we're seeing more and more televised games in in different sector. We need to be able to see uh, you know CAF supporting the clubs for them to be able to. Uh, to travel for them to be able to compete in in better conditions, we need to be able to see a calf insisting that you know uh, you know conditions that for visiting teams uh, you know is changed. Yes, we do have a, a lot of talent. There is no doubt about it. In Africa, we have the talent. So I don't think it's the lack of talent. I think it's a it's just the organization and making it more entertaining and and a way that in a way that you would um, attract football fans. Uh, you know, not just across African continent, but also Africans that are living in diaspora. You know that could follow local football clubs and and support them sure well thanks solomon you can have your say on this on social media this week as we're asking is the CAF champions league becoming more interesting for you as we were saying the competition was expanded to have 16 teams in the group stage that was from 2017 many games are televised across africa uh, but uh, has this attracted your interest or do you still feel there's not much to get excited about uh, with the CAF champions league give us your thoughts on facebook on our page planet sport football africa or you can send us a whatsapp to to plus four four seven nine double five two three two seven eight zero. That's plus four four seven nine double five two three two seven eight zero. What do you think? Is the CAF Champions League becoming more interesting now? Well, this is Planet Sport Football Africa, brought to you by Passion for Sport. You can download our app and listen to the show anytime and access past programmes in our archive. To download, go to the Play Store or the Apple iTunes App Store and enter Planet Sport Football Africa. You can also listen on our New Look website, that's planetsport.tv. Our other shows are there too, that's Planet Sport and the Planet Sport Rugby podcast. That's on our New Look website, planetsport.tv. Well, now we turn to social media and last week Real Madrid had a shocker as they were knocked out of the Champions League by Ajax at the round of 16 stage who stunned them 4-1 at home in the second leg. Real had of course won the three previous editions of the Champions League and this followed on from two El Clasico defeats in four days to Barcelona. So in last week's show we asked what's the problem? Is this the end of an era for Real Madrid? 
On WhatsApp, Sankaru Bamba So in The Gambia believes there are two clear reasons for the demise of Real Madrid. The club shouldn't have let Ronaldo leave, says Sankaru, and also the coach is inexperienced. Of course, uh, in the last few days, uh, the coach uh, has been fired, Santiago Solari. Musti Babs in Nigeria agrees, saying, I think it's the end because they made the greatest mistake of their life by selling Ronaldo, says Musti. And Al-Hajj Ibu in the Gambia agrees, saying without Ramos and CR7, Real Madrid cannot go anywhere. So indeed the era is beginning to end, says Al-Hajj. Al-Hajj referring there to the suspension that kept Sergio Ramos out of that second leg game against Ajax. Stanley in Ghana says it has truly come to an end. Uh, The club knew it, but they didn't pay attention and uh, they were hit by a storm. They thought that their past Champions League record could take them far, but this time around they failed. They have to build up a game from scratch and make sure this time around they get players who are craving for success, says Stanley. James Wallace Jr. in Malawi puts the blame firmly on Real's president, Florentino Perez. Yes, I think it will be the end of an era if care is not taken, says James. See how they threw out their own Cassias after about 25 years of service. Look at how they booed and dumped Ronaldo, their all-time top scorer and a Champions League centurion. Perez should step down for others to take over. He's killing not only Real Madrid but rather the whole football world, says James. In Namibia, Joseph Adelino says, yes, I think Real have lost a lot of their qualities this season. With no Ronaldo, no Zidane, they've started losing games and the winning era has gradually ended, says Joseph. But Khalifa Sanyang in China believes Real Madrid will bounce back. I don't believe it is the end of an era, but they need proper rebuilding if they're to return to the pinnacle of European football, says Khalifa. Also agreeing is Faisal from Tanzania. And in the Gambia, Molamin Silla says, I believe the season is over for them, but I also believe they can put things in order if they spend wisely in the off-season. So I doubt if it is the end of an era for them, says Molamin. And Sonny Armstrong in Cameroon says the fall of Real Madrid was very visible. Last season, they used the Champions League to save their average season. They didn't plan for life after Cristiano Ronaldo. So yes, it is the end of their hegemony in the Champions League. But with the right players and better tactics, they will perform better in the future, says Sonny. Adding congratulations to Andre Onana and Ajax. Yeah, that's a Cameroon's international goalkeeper, Andre Onana, who helped Ajax to that memorable win over the to Sierra Leone and Ishmael Saidu Kanu says, yes, I believe it is the end of an era. They've lost everything in a disgraceful manner. Modu Joseph Jatta in the UK sees three main reasons for Real's decline. For me, it's a problem of leadership, motivation and mostly the effect of losing Cristiano Ronaldo, says Modu. It's difficult to find a replacement for a player who will score 40 or 50 goals a season. And finally, Morocco Mafi Keng in Botswana says, I don't think it's the end of an era for them. They just need a new coach. Thanks for all of those comments. And indeed, that has proved to be the case with Zinedine Zidane returning to Real Madrid just 10 months after parting ways with the club. Of course, Zidane won three Champions League titles in a row with Real Madrid. Uh, Stuart Weir, our European football expert, joins us from the UK. Uh, Stuart, how surprised are you at Zidane's return and will he bring back the good times? Well, Steve, when I said last week that I couldn't see the Real Madrid manager Santiago Solari surviving to the end of the season, I didn't expect him to be out before the end of the week. But he's gone and Zinedine Zidane is back. 
When he left last summer, he said, I would be willing to stay, but the club doesn't want to follow my lead, so I'd better leave. Going back in life, they say, is rarely successful, and time will tell whether Zidane can bring back the glory days to Madrid. Two implications of his appointment are that this looks like the end for Gareth Bale as a Real Madrid player, as he and Zidane really don't get on. Zidane has in the past called Chelsea's Eden Hazard the best player in the world, and with Chelsea in turmoil, Zidane back at Real Madrid don't be surprised to see a move for Hazard in the summer. Yes, and it looks like Zidane will hold more power this time around at uh, Real Madrid. And well, another thrilling week in the UEFA Champions League. Uh, Barcelona beating Lyon 5-1. Manchester City a 7-0 thrashing of Schalke. Liverpool winning 3-1 away to Bayern Munich. And uh, Stuart, what can you say about Cristiano Ronaldo turning that tie around against Atletico Madrid with a magnificent hat-trick? Atletico Madrid took a 2-0 lead to Juventus, but the second leg score was Juventus 3, Atletico Madrid 0. Or to put it another way, Cristiano Ronaldo 3, Atletico 0, to give Juve a 3-2 aggregate win. Last week I was saying how Real Madrid were really missing Ronaldo's goals, while Juventus are certainly benefiting from them. And those of us who thought that the 34-year-old Ronaldo was just going to Juve for the money and to sell a few shirts. In reality, he has been brilliant on the pitch, scoring 24 goals this season. But his record in the Champions League is remarkable, amazing. 124 goals for Manchester United, Real Madrid and Juventus and eight hat-tricks. What a phenomenal player he is. Liverpool, who lost all three of their away group games in the Champions League, went to Bayern Munich, having drawn 0-0 in the home leg, and produced a magnificent performance, winning 3-1. It was a great night for their Senegalese striker, Sadio Mane, who scored twice, and that's 19 in all competitions this season. Now, you may recall that at the beginning of the season, Mane said he was going to score more goals than Mo Salah. Well, not quite. At the moment, Mane has got 19 and Salah 20 in all competitions this season. Now, when the draw for the last 16 was made, we commented on how ironic it was that the three German clubs were up against English clubs. The outcome was astonishing. Wins for Manchester City, Tottenham and Liverpool with a joint goal difference of 17-4 and 3 against. Bad times for German football. Yes, certainly. And uh, in the English Premier League, Stuart, still just one point separating leaders Manchester City and second place Liverpool. It's all been a bit overshadowed by the Champions League, but last weekend was very significant at both ends of the Premier League. While Manchester City and Liverpool both won, Arsenal beat Manchester United, Tottenham lost at Southampton and Chelsea needed a stoppage time goal to get a point against Wolves. The result is that Tottenham, Arsenal, Manchester United and Chelsea are now separated by four points with two Champions League places at stake. At the bottom of the table there were wins for Newcastle, Brighton, Southampton and Cardiff 
which leaves six clubs there separated by six points and one of them pretty sure to be relegated. We've talked in the past about how difficult it seems to be for black and Asian managers to thrive in English football. This week, West Bromwich Albion sacked their manager, Darren Moore, because the team is not doing well enough. What? West Brom are fourth in the championship. There has been a lot of outrage at the sacking that a team fourth in the league and the manager gets fired. Talking of the championship, it was good to see the Gambian Motobaro score for Reading and also a mention for Said Ben-Rahama, an Algerian in his first year in English football playing for Brentford. But he scored eight goals in his last nine games. I think we may hear more of him. Right, so that's Said Ben-Rahama playing at Brentford in the English Championship, just 23 years old. We'll see if he can seal a place in the Algeria national team. Uh, Ben-Rahama has just one substitute appearance so far, and that was in a friendly in 2015. English Premier League this weekend. Liverpool can go back on top. They play away to Fulham on Sunday. Manchester City no game in the league as they're playing an FA Cup quarter-final on Saturday away to Swansea. Also in the FA Cup, Manchester United away to Wolves, Watford take on Crystal Palace and on Sunday, Millwall play Brighton. Uh, plus all of those CAF Champions League games on over the course of this weekend and the following weekend, the decisive Africa Cup of Nations qualifiers. Talking about to all of this on next week's programme, but that's it for the show for this week. Uh, so from me, Steve Vickers in Harare, from Solomon Ashams in South Africa and from Stuart Weir in the UK, thanks a lot for listening and Planet Sport Football Africa is a passion for sport production.